When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. It's Drags again, and it's Wednesday, June 10th. Time for episode 354 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us at clnsmedia.com and follow us on Twitter at PatriotsCLNS. Welcoming back former colleague and old compatriot Ryan Hannibal covering the Patriots. And now even a little golf on the side for WEEI.com. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Hannibal, all one word, R-Y-A-N-H-A-N-N-A-B-L-E. So, uh, you're a golf writer also. I guess I'm, I'm an, I'm an official golf writer now. I had a golf book come out. I think May 5th was the release date and, you know, it, uh, I guess we can get into it later on in the podcast, but it's a we good will. Golf, Don't it's a you golf, worry. Golf trivia book, probably a good, actually a good Father's Day gift to you know give your father who's into golf, and I guess we'll get into that later on. But it was good to sort of branch off and and do you know write about something that's a passion of mine besides football. What's the name of the book? It's the Ultimate Book of Golf Trivia. Excellent, excellent. Well, uh, as you said, uh, we will definitely uh, delve into that later. Uh, but for now, let's talk Patriots. And uh, I want to take your, uh, I want to start off by getting your take on Jared Stidham and Julian Edelman working out, quote unquote, nearly every day in recent weeks. I guess this should matter to me in terms of two important guys to the offense developing chemistry off the field, Ryan, but it really doesn't until more competitive situations arise in training camp or preseason games. And now we come to find out that the Patriots are for all intents and purposes, off on their summer break until training camp. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of right. I mean, it's it's good that they're doing it, but at the end of the day, how much are they really getting done in those workouts without without a defense there, without the entire offense there? I mean, it's not like Jared Stidham's a complete stranger to Edelman. He was around last year. I mean, I'm sure been worked together you know, a great deal just because of, of Brady being around and Stidham being more of the – you know, the scout team and all that. But it is a good thing that Stidham's are taking a leadership role and getting everybody together. And I don't know if he's one that organized there, if it was somebody else, it was Edelman. But I guess it's only a positive that they're working out together. They're, you know, getting on the same page as much as they can without a defense. But sort of like what you said, it's hard to really know how productive these things are when they're not a competitive setting. There's no defense. You're only working with three or four or five guys with all the social distance guidelines. So it's, you know, it's positive, but I don't know if it's a total you know game changer come next season. Look, everybody wants answers and they want them immediately. I get all of that. That's why a story like that 
uh, when it pops up, you know, obviously uh, garners some attention uh, over the weekend uh, as people look for some sports news to kind of take their minds and eyes off everything else that's going on in the world with civil unrest and obviously COVID-19. But um, I, I don't think any answers you're going to get right now are going to be are going to matter whatsoever. It's just if we had media access down at Gillette Stadium, you know, in for the OTAs in May and for the mini camp in June, it might have made a difference. It would have been a talking point, right? Um, but that's about it. Yeah, we would have had, you know, actual stuff to go on. We would have seen Jared Stidham in the offense against the Patriots defense. We would have seen Nikhil Harry and how he potentially looks near to Jacoby Myers. We would have seen Mohamed Tanu and how he, you know, came back from comes back from the injury. We would have seen these rookies for the first time. So we would have actually had stuff to go off of. Instead of, oh, we, we suck so and so analyst thinks Jared Sinem could be this or someone thinks that. So we right. have actually had some substantial things in front of us. But as you know, like these, these summer camps and even parts of training camp, they're essentially meaningless in a way. It's hard to say like, oh, Jared Sidham went, you know, 14 for 17 today. Like how many of those plays were, was the, <laughs> the defense sort of, you know, letting them complete passes? How much effort were they actually giving? So, you know, I, I, you know, it's good to actually have stuff to go off of and point the examples. But as you know, some of these things that we see during mini camp, OTA and training camp are sort of not exactly what they are because we don't know what the defense was told to do or even what the offense was told to do in some place. Absolutely. I will say, though, when it comes to the receiving core, I'm fascinated to see between Demir Bird and Marquise Lee who wins out because I think – when you're looking at those two players, um, that is where I think maybe a downfield threat that nobody is really thinking about might arise. Mm-hmm. I mean, both those players have talent, and they're sort of the classic Patriots wide receiver signing over the last couple of years, taking sort of a, a flyer on a guy that's either had some injuries in the past or just hasn't worked out and just hoping that they come to the Patriots and click. And it's sure it's possible that both those guys could, both of them are established NFL players and have put up decent numbers at times. And I think that's sort of what the Patriots are lacking right now is that another veteran that you can depend on besides Julian Edelman and Mohamed Tanu. And even those two, it's hard to really fully count on count on in a way because Edelman's another year older he was banged up a lot last year him being the number one guy this year he's probably gonna get even more attention from defenses and who who knows what happens to his body and same thing with Muhammad Tanu we don't even know how he's gonna click with the offense based off his struggles last year and then the offseason surgery so I think the Patriots would really benefit from one of those two guys stepping up and earning a spot and being you know a dependable number three four or five wide receiver in their system. Look, this is not something a lot of Patriot fans want to hear, but the dirty little secret is about Julian Edelman. He's 34. He's taken a lot more hits and a lot more abuse, obviously, uh, playing the wide receiver position than Tom Brady did, even when Tom Brady was 40 or 41. And the dirty little secret nobody wants to really talk about is whether or not, uh, what happens, rather, if Julian Edelman hits that cliff that everybody was predicting for Tom Brady eventually – and if Mohamed Sanu hits that cliff kind of at the same time. I mean, Sanu's no spring chicken either. He's been around since, I believe, 2011, 2012. Yeah, he's in his 30s, yeah. I think he's in his yeah. 30s. So, I mean, if those two go downhill, and, and certainly if they do, it's not a shocking story. I mean, it shouldn't surprise anybody. But if those two go off the cliff, 
the, the Patriots passing game to me will be practically non-existent. Totally. I think Edelman's, that's a, a good point. My co-worker Andy Hart brings it up all the time that it's almost everybody talks about the TB12 method and how that worked. Edelman, you know, playing the way that he is, taking the number of hits that he has is almost better than Brady standing in the pocket, not getting hit at all. Um, and, you know, we see time and time totally again agree. the t- number of hits that he takes. And, you know, you look at last year and he, you know, played through a ton and he stayed on the field as best as he could. But, you know, down the stretch, he wasn't the same player in some of those games. And the Patriots need more from him. They can't just have him be on the field to be a decoy. He needs to be a guy to, to catch 100 passes like he did last year. And I just don't know if he can do that, not only because of the staying on the field and the durability, but also defenses are going to pay more attention to him. I mean, the, finally, I think defenses will realize that he's their only option in the passing game. And if you take him out, then who knows who Jared Sims is going to look to. So I, I'm kind of with you. I don't. I think Patriots fans don't want to look to Edelman as sort of being a guy that might not be the same player in recent years. These these next next year and maybe even the year after that, because his his career is definitely on the back nine. He's not he's not a a 20 something year old now still, you know, looking to make his name in the NFL. He's, he's coming to the end. Well, uh, I'm just going to go over this one more time. And, and Jim McBride uh, of the Boston Globe reported this uh, on Monday. Most of the veterans have completed their off season virtual workouts and meetings, and they will be off till training camp. We mentioned this a couple of minutes ago. As for coaches, uh, and you wrote this on WEI.com, while they will uh, still need to attend some virtual meetings, they will not need to report to Gillette Stadium until training camp. Who knows if that's late July, early August. We just don't know yet. Virtual meetings will continue with rookies. The virtual off-season program for all players could have gone until the middle of June. As for when the players and coaches return to the to the facility for training camp, there will be a number of different COVID-19 protocols in place, including Lockers needing to be at least six feet apart. Nobody should be surprised by that. Uh, and also wiping down and disinfecting uh, the locker room very vigorously. Training camp is scheduled to start in late July, but as you wrote, uh, nothing is certain due to COVID-19. Anything you want to add to that in terms of pers- perspective? I, I think, honestly, nobody really knows at this point what's going to happen. I mean, sure, like everything is on schedule, and it seems like they're doing everything in their power to make it happen that they come back you know, in late July, but who knows what happens between now and then. I mean, things seem to be trending in the right direction, but who knows? Maybe the players don't feel comfortable coming back then and they want to push it back a little bit. Maybe, you know, something else happens around the country and they have to dial back some of these things. It's just the whole world, is, especially in sports, is so uncertain and you really can't commit to anything right now. But I guess it is a positive that they're trending in the right direction to return. And then I also, you know, wonder what the media, you know, access will be like. Are we going to be down at Gillette Stadium watching these practices? I would assume fans won't be there. So maybe that makes it easier to spread the media out. But is that maybe? But is that something the NFL and the Patriots specifically want to have? Do they want to have another layer of of people entering the so-called Gillette Stadium bubble? And you know, because you're not going to have scrums with players. So you know, what's the point of people could make the argument? Why even have the media there at all? So. That those are questions that I think everybody's working through right now, and I don't know if we're going to get any answers in the next week or two. It's probably something that will come in July, but it's just going to be a totally different training camp in summer and also, you know, regular season. How many 
media members are allowed at games. How the media members allowed to travel? Like, how, how's that going to look? So it's going to be a season of, of definitely unknown, and I don't think we're, we'll really know much more, you know, in the coming weeks. It's going to be more of a monthly thing. Are you a PFWA member? Pro I football? am, yes. Yeah, I yeah. got the, email, the update today. Yep. yep, as did I. And um, the reason I bring that up is when you talk about media access, in that update – uh, Bob Glauber, um, a, a very well esteemed or well respected, highly esteemed, um, national football writer, um, has indicated that he is in constant contact, not only with the NFL, but the NFL PA to make sure that, um, the media doesn't lose all access because look, I mean, there is that, uh, element out there that, that believes, you know, these teams, these games can go on on television and, that's it. There doesn't need to be any access to the players. And I would think, uh, given the terrible PR that the NFL has kind of gone through over the last week, that maybe um, this is an opportunity for the NFL to show a, uh, a more generous side to the media and open things up, you know, when things are allowed to open up. I can't imagine them restricting access. I just don't think that makes uh, that much sense. I can't either, especially if there are going to be fans there. I mean, if there are fans at games and you have to obviously have media, but even if there aren't fans, I could see a scenario where, you know, maybe each outlet gets one writer and maybe for a TV station, it's a camera and a, a reporter, or maybe they do a pool feed or whatever. I, I just, there's ways around, you know, allowing media to be there. Maybe if the locker rooms are closed, you bring people to the podium after the game, that room's pretty big. You can socially distance there. You know, I, I just find it hard to believe that there'd be a scenario where media wouldn't be allowed at all just because of the way that things are set up. And so that's something to work through. But like you said, they can't really afford to have a season with no media after everything they've gone through, you know, this off season. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think there's any question about that. By the way, while we're talking about the PFWA, uh, a lot of off the field awards came out uh, on Tuesday, and I want to touch on a couple of them because uh, certainly with uh, our audience, there would be some New England connections, and there are. Uh, first of all, the Good Guy Award, the NFL Player um, recognized for his qualities and professional style in helping us. Ryan and Trags and others, pro football writers, do their jobs. Stephon Gilmore, the uh, Defensive Player of the Year, the cornerback for the Patriots. Uh, Gilmore is one of the league's superstars on the field in how he handles his media responsibilities. Um, I, I, I don't disagree with that. Another local uh, tie-in here, by the way, is uh, safety Justin Simmons, who, of course, went to Boston College. He's now with the Denver Broncos. Um in Denver's fourth consecutive losing season with free agency and his own contract negotiations. Simmons was still without fail available post game as well as throughout the week. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Stacy James, uh, terrific VP of media relations for the Patriots has been there. Uh, the exact same number of years that I have been there, I've been here That's in a New long England. Time. That is a long time. That would be 1993. And as it says here, uh, the Patriots have enjoyed unprecedented success in the Super Bowl era and VP of media and community relations. Stacey James has been there for all six title runs. James and his staff of Aaron Salkin, Michael Giravati and Ann Nolan have worked more Super Bowls than any staff uh, in the league. Look, they get a lot of grief and have over the years for, you know, how the players are made available, when they're made available, and there's a lot of bitching and moaning on our end. 
And, you know, he's he deals with it as professionally as anybody I could imagine could ever deal with all of us. So he is one of the he, his staff, I should say, is one of the finalists for the Jack Horrigan Award. Uh, it's a league or club official um, recognized for his or her qualities and professional style in helping pro football writers do their job. And one sad note, but it's worth noting, uh, Don Banks is uh, one of the finalists for the Dick McCann Award. A reporter who has made a long and distinguished contribution to pro football coverage um, through uh, throughout the NFL. Um, a lot of Patriot fans, of course, know his work through Patriots.com and The Athletic. Uh, Don Banks had a 36-year career in sports writing beginning when he covered prep sports uh, in the Tampa Bay area. And the irony, and the incredibly sad irony, he died in Canton, Ohio on August 4th. Last year, the day after his final Pro Football Hall of Fame and Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony, so um, I, I think Don Banks would be a terrific choice uh, given uh, the emotional uh, tie to this. Any, any thoughts on your end? On Don Banks, absolutely, he definitely you know is deserving of that you know award just given the circumstances that happened and the other names up there, you know Vic Carucci, Jared Bell for that award too. You know, th- their time will come, and I think both, all these guys up for the awards will sort of understand, you know, if Don Banks wins, and I think he's, you know, a guy that, like you said, people in New England are familiar with from Patriots.com, being around Gillette Stadium a good amount of the time, and, and yes, he, he definitely will be missed. And then, I guess, to Gilmore's point, this, the same thing you said. He's he's a superstar player, but you he gives the media probably more time than any other superstar on the Patriots has over the years. He kind of reminds me of Darrell Revis when he was here for that one year where he would always talk after the games and would answer every single question, sometimes at his locker for 20, 30 minutes, and Gilmore is sort of the same way. So it's nice to see a superstar player, you know, treating the media like he's, you know, the 50th guy on the roster. You know, and uh, my colleague Evan Lazar at CLNS, uh, has has first of all has a great relationship with uh, Gilmore, but secondly, I thought he made a very astute observation, Ryan, when he said that Gilmore speaks so softly that people assume that he doesn't have much to say. But if you ask him intelligent questions about coverage, and um, especially if it's on a team that the Patriots definitely will not face the rest of the year, he gives you incredible insight that no other you know corner that he has ever uh, talked to. Um, could give you oh absolutely he's one of the smarter players in that locker room and i think bill belichick sort of recognizes that too i mean like you said if you get gilmore going on a subject and in in depth he talks about how much film he watches and you can just tell by the way that he talks how you know well he knows you know defense and playing the cornerback position but also he puts the time in and watches film of all the receivers on the opponent's team that he's going to face in that given week and probably can lock in on who he knows he's going to go up against the most and so he you know he puts the time in off the field but it you know shows up on Sundays and that's why he was the the defensive player of the year last year. Speaking with Ryan Hannibal of WEEI.com follow him on Twitter at Ryan Hannibal all one word. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. Sports are slowly making their way back with the UFC, NASCAR, and soccer leading the way. Bet Online has all of the best odds and lines for the upcoming matches this weekend. Need more? Bet Online has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every day live for you to check out. Looking for something else? 
Other than sports, Bet Online has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag or use your mobile device and join now to receive your new welcome bonus and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Back with Ryan Hannibal of WEEI and WEEI.com. All right, Tom Brady being a free agent was undoubtedly the biggest NFL story of the offseason, wrote Ryan Hannibal on WEEI.com on Tuesday. One of the more interesting things, Ryan notes, uh, with that came when Brady and Julian Edelman's attended uh, a Syracuse basketball game together at the Carrier Dome, and it appeared the two were FaceTiming with Mike Vrabel. Well, kudos, I think, Ryan, to... Um, the camera guys, and that would be NBC Sports Boston's uh, Glenn Gleason and obviously uh, help me out with the, uh, Bill Messina. Moves. Bill Messina, thank you. They set the record straight on why Vrabel was FaceTiming them. I, I was at the Combine, and we have CBS on TV, says Vrabel, and I was watching the Combine and watching the guys work out. You have a million snacks back there, so I was just up and down like a highway. I look up there, the TV he's talking about, and they were showing Tom and Julian, so I texted real quick, and I was like, did you guys get highlights for the basketball game? Because it looked like their hair was blonde. Of course, they immediately... They were mad, so they wanted to yell at me because I texted them something funny. That is why they FaceTimed. That is why Mike Vrabel FaceTimed with Tom Brady and Julian Edelman not to recruit Tom Brady. You buy that? I do. Uh, I do, too. I mean, I, I didn't really buy it at the time. Like Everybody sort of blew that thing up and made it out to be like he was really trying to recruit Tom Brady to the Titans. And I think that's just Vrabel's personality, and so are Brady and Edelman's, too. And they've Obviously had that, you know, connection back to when Vrabel played for the Patriots, and they've always sort of had, you know, back and forth throughout the years. So I think that's just, you know, what it was. And so I'm assuming you watched that entire thing with the camera guys. That was pretty entertaining. I thought that those guys did a good job of getting. They always do a great job, Brian. See, here's the thing about that that, uh, format and that platform. They get guys interviewed the way they naturally should be interviewed. That's in a relaxed state. When totally. people get uh, – and, and look, sometimes, you know, if you're an athlete interacting with a reporter, you're just going to have your defenses up, right? And that that's intelligent. That's smart. That's the smart way to do it. You're not going to have as – you're not going to be in as relaxed a state um, if you know that there's a standard reporter looking for a story. Instead of two guys, two camera guys who are just shooting the shit with you and just want to, you know, maybe get your take on something that happened behind the scenes that might be funny. And this was, you know, the perfect way to do it. Everybody wanted to know really what happened in that FaceTime conversation between Vrabel and Tom Brady. And they got the story, but they got the story because they're relaxed um, guys who are cameramen, they're not, you know, specifically trained writers or reporters per se. Yep. And they work for NBC Sports Boston. And anybody who has ever watched their interviews of players and coaches, they get the best stuff because they get guys in a relaxed state. That's what I was to say. They're relaxed. They make it feel comfortable that they're just, you know, talking like the camera's not even on. And they're, they're just, you know, talking. And I think that's what makes their interview so good. And it's good to see them getting, you know, 
guys like Mike Vrabel to, to do these things because you get to see a different side of Mike Vrabel that you probably wouldn't see in a standard press conference. So kudos to them for, you know, continuing to do a good job even in these times and getting, you know, people to talk to them while, you know, they're not actually at, you know, practices, games, et cetera. That gives me an idea. I may try to get them on the Patriots beat coming down. You should. Yeah, I think they'd do it. I don't think they'd, you know, it's whether or not NBC Sports Boston would have a problem with them doing it. I don't think they would, but certainly I can uh, reach out and I'm going to reach out. They would have tons and tons of stories. Oh, my God. I could do literally two to three episodes right off the cuff. You could do one on each sport. I mean, they're around every single team and have connections with every, you know, team in Boston and, you know, the teams over the years, the staffs, the writers. They're two of the great guys in the business, as you know. You know, and I tweeted this out Tuesday, and I certainly didn't mean any disrespect by it, not that anybody tweeted back at me, but um, that is what – humor does exist. It still exists, and we need that, and we need guys like Bill Messina – we call him Moose – and uh, Glenn Gleason to kind of show that – remind us of what sports is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be fun. It's not – always supposed to be super serious and i just i'm afraid we've gotten away from that and i want to see sports go back to um just having fun and maybe that's a decent segue into our final topic here ryan which is the ultimate book of golf trivia by ryan hannibal why did you decide to take up this task well i don't know do you know the backstory i do not so that is why you are on this podcast well, things actually kind of come full circle for us as the, the, it, it started with uh, a conversation I had with our old uh, coworker at WI.com, Chris Price. Um, so Chris Price wrote the ultimate book of football trivia for Skyhorse Publishing. I think it came out last year, right at the start of the season. And they wanted to do the golf version of it. And they asked Chris if he had anyone in mind that could do it. And he recommended me, and I talked to the publisher, and I had a contract, I think, within the next week. Um, so it was a, a good opportunity, I thought, just to sort of get, you know, I love golf. It's a big passion of mine, and, you know, I thought it would be a, a good way to sort of get myself as a, an author, and that could potentially lead to other books down the road, however many years from now. And, you know, it was a good project that I worked on, you know, last football season on Tuesdays with the Patriots off day. That kind of gave me something to work on, and, you know, I did it. I think up until around Thanksgiving every Tuesday and sent it in and it got published uh, May 5th. How, why did I not know about this? Why didn't I, you just like, I, once, I didn't tell- instead of staring out the window in anger and agitation, like you do every time you show up at Gillette, yeah. I got to get to my seat. I got to start blogging because I don't know who's going to show up on the field early. Um, you know, who, who might beat Julian Edelman to the uh, warmups uh, this morning at Gillette stadium. Instead of, you know, looking for that, why don't you come down to your old buddy Trags and say, hey, you know what I'm working on? I don't know if anybody told you. You could have done that. I didn't tell many people at all. I think the only people that knew that I was working on it were Rob Bradford and Andy Hart just because they needed to know since um, I work with them. I, right. I didn't tell I didn't tell many people at all. It was actually a surprise to a lot of people when I announced, you know, or put it on Twitter that it was coming out. Uh, I kept this one a little secret. I don't know why, but it just worked out that way. And so, you know, now it's out there and, you know, you know, I don't know exactly how it's, how it's doing, but you know, it's, it's, some people are buying it. So I guess that's a good thing. 
be a golf trivia expert with these challenging questions about Jack Nicklaus, the Masters, Tiger Woods, and more. The ultimate book of golf trivia tests and expands your knowledge of golf, covering the sport from the 1970s and earlier up to the present day. By the way, that the 1970s, as you should know by now, is my sweet spot in life, culture, and everything. Um, yep. in, in this collection of 600 questions, that's a lot of questions, uh, Ryan. It is. It's, it, it was, uh, I don't want to say harder than I thought, but you're right. 600 is a lot. So it, it wasn't, it, it's not, it was, it was time consuming. It wasn't like at any point was it tedious? Um, be honest. Some, some, some chapters were, yeah. Like I, you know, the, the, the ones that interest me more, obviously like present day, the masters PGA championship, like the, like you said, the seventies stuff. Like, I mean, it was cool to see, you know, to look back and see how good Arnold Palmer was and Jack Nicholas were, but I'm not, those guys don't resonate as much to me. So those were kind of like, can we just get get on to the next chapter? Um, but it, it was good. I think I learned more about that era than I would have ever known. Otherwise you ever been called a seasoned sports writer? Uh, no, I haven't. You know what I'm referring to, right? That no, is the, no. I'm reading off, uh, I believe it was on Amazon where I, I cut and paste, copied and yeah. pasted, yeah. uh, this description of the book. And it says seasoned sports writer Ryan Hannibal tests your level, <laughs> tests your level of expertise on all things golf. Some of the many questions that Hannibal poses include which major was Jack Nicholas's 18th and final one? Uh, that by the way would be the 1986 Masters, correct? Correct, correct. What is the only Grand Slam tournament Lee Trevino did not win? I got to tell you, I'm going to say that is the U.S. Open. I'm guessing. I'm not sure of the top of my head. I think you're right. Um, Where did Jordan Spieth go to college? Texas? I don't know. Correct. Is that right? Yep. Oh, yep. Not bad. Uh, at the two, at the two. 2016 Summer Olympics in Rio de Janeiro. Which golfer won gold in the men's individual tournament? I really don't know. You, I assume, do know. I believe it's Justin Rose. Oh, that would make sense. And I got one more question on the book. Well, before we get to how you can pick it up. Yep. How did you get Gary Player to write the forward? Oh, yeah. See, everybody's asked me that question. It was honestly easier than it actually you would think. So I talked to Ian O'Connor. You know Ian O'Connor, right, from ESPN? I'm in his book. Oh, yes. The one that he did in Belgium. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Yes. So I knew Ian had, you know, some golf connections. So I told him that I was doing this and I wanted to get, you know, a decent name to write the forward to sort of give it some appeal. And he said that Gary Player's PR guy is very, you know, welcoming and, and sort of agrees to these things. And I sent him an email, and I think within 10 days I had the forward written by Gary Player. So it was uh, it was really nice to, you know, come wow, together that's like impressive. that. And, and, you know, I'm glad that Ian sort of knew that because I wouldn't have known that otherwise. And, yeah, it was um, it's a, definitely a good thing to have on the book, and it was, you know, nice nice to do. All right, all the uh, vitals. How and where can you get it, and how much? Yeah, and anywhere you can go to, like you said, it's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, the publisher Skyhorse Publishing. I think you can't go to. Well, I guess bookstores are kind of opening up in Massachusetts, so you can. I think it's at Barnes and Noble, any bookstore for the most part. But the easiest way to do it is just go to Amazon, um, just search the Ultimate Book of Golf Trivia, six hundred questions and answers, and it's right there. Um, Published by. 
Skyhorse Publishing, and it's only fifteen dollars, so it's not like you know you're breaking the bank for for anything. I think it's a a great Father's Day present. Uh, just in time uh, for Father's Day, which is coming two up. Two weeks. To, yep. Two weeks. Uh, that would be two Sundays from uh, when this drops, which is uh, June tenth, which yep. is why we're recording this now. So it gives plenty of people ability to, you know, prepare and get out there and get online and uh, look it up. It's called The Ultimate Book of Golf Trivia by Ryan Hannibal. Uh, Ryan, thanks a lot for uh, joining me today. Anything else you want to add about uh, golf, uh, where you might be golfing over the summer? Uh, I'm a member of Beverly Golf and Tennis. I'm playing there as much as I can, probably three times a week. I'd like to get out more, but, you know, work sometimes gets in the way of that. But a handicap you know, is? Is your handicap better than uh, Tom Brady's? Uh well see I think Tom Brady's handicap is actually wrong like I don't I don't think he's ah, correct I'm, I'm a, a lot of people think that and have thought that since his performance um in the what what was it called the tournament or the charity uh, the the match uh, oh, the match cha- no. charity for champions or something like that yes. champions for charity yeah right yes uh, he did not perform to his seven handicap I'm I'm a nine handicap I mean I'm not great but I can get around the course. I'm sure you can, and um, <laughs> I hope you enjoy your summer because uh, you are one hardworking kid. Appreciate that, Drags. You are you are as well. Always good catching up with you. Well, I want to thank everyone for downloading today's podcast. Thank our terrific guest, Ryan Hannibal of WEEI and WEEI.com. Also want to thank our terrific sponsor, BetOnline.com. AG. For producer Michael Angie and the founder of the network, Nick Gelso, this is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. Hello, I'm Dan Lothian, host of the Behind the Media Podcast on the CLNS Media Network. Along with Jimmy Young, we dive into the biggest media headlines each week with honest, informed, and sometimes irreverent perspectives. It's not all serious. We deliver information and entertainment. As we like to say on Behind the Media, we find the interesting in media so you don't have to go searching for it. Listen to our podcast and get prepped for the next trip to the water cooler. Subscribe to Behind the Media wherever you get your podcast or find us on www.clnsmedia.com.